Hi, welcome to Pride Toastmasters podcast. My name is Dale Blagrove. I am a distinguished Toastmasters with Toastmasters International. I am the founder of Pride Toastmasters, NBC Pride Toastmasters International. I am so happy and proud to give you this podcast as a glimpse of some of the best speakers that I know in Toastmasters and the world. They say that, you know, people or most people fear public speaking almost as much as they fear death. I promise you, no Toastmaster was harmed, died, or threatened during the creation of this podcast series. As a matter of fact, each episode is a demonstration of my guests' growth, development, and finding their voices and growing as leaders within Toastmasters International and the LGBT community. In this episode, I am so excited and proud to be in conversation with Nick Gomez, a member of Pride Toastmasters. Listen and, and find out why I love absolutely adore Nick Gomez. I'm sure you will fall in love with him too. He is truly what I consider the evidence of love. So I have the opportunity of sitting here talking to, I think, either the famous or infamous um, <laughs> Nick Gomez. Hi, Nick. How are you doing today? Hey, Dale. I am doing great. And that's, that's very kind of you. Very kind of you to say. Well, one of the reasons I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you is that I re rarely find people that smile and have as good as much time as I do <laughs> at the same time. So I think everyone's going to be in for a great treat with this particular session. So thank I you. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. That's the goal. That's the goal. All right. Oh, so, all right. So let's get some business out of the way for folks, right? So can you tell us why did you join Pride Toastmasters? Why did I join Pride Toastmasters? Well, I think, you know, some, there might be a slight misconception out there that Toastmasters is only for people who are afraid of public speaking or have trouble with public speaking. I was actually on the opposite end. I enjoy public speaking. I just wanted to be better at it. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be a better speaker off the top of my head. One thing is the prepared speeches, which is great and I really enjoy, but one thing that Toastmasters is really great at is helping you to just off the top of your head be able to speak um, eloquently, and that's really what I wanted to do, and I saw a YouTube video where someone said, if you want to be a better public speaker, find Toastmasters, so I did a little homework. There's a ton of Toastmaster clubs in the city, but as soon as I saw Pride Toastmasters, I was like, I think that's the one. Let me go check it out. And like most the people, code word. <laughs> the code word. And like most people, when I went to a meeting, immediately I said, this is this is it. I love the people. Um, I loved that the club said, don't join right away. Come a few times. Check out the meetings. Make sure that this is something you, that you want to commit to. And after my third meeting, I said, absolutely. And there was no looking back after that. And I I loved it. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned about being able to speak off the off the cuff or as we like to say, extemporaneously. Yes. And it's the thing that fears me the most. Mm -hmm. And it still does to this day. And I have gained a lot from it. And I always tell people, particularly in public speaking, that Toastmasters has taught me really to sweat on the inside versus the outside. 
exactly and it takes a while for people to get that and they and they do and so that's can, the thing about toastmasters is you have a safe space right where you can right. practice that and you can make mistakes you can you can mess it up but everyone is so kind you get wonderful feedback and you get to practice that and before you know it suddenly you have this confidence where you're not as scared as you used to be oh Okay, I guess I'm still working on that one after <laughs> after 15 years. <laughs> so what did so what could would you say that you've gained from Pride Toastmasters? Besides being a more confident, <clears throat> besides being a more confident public speaker, I think what I didn't expect was to jump into leadership roles. I knew mm -hmm. that that was part of the the club dynamic. But that wasn't something that I planned on doing. But as I became more involved in meetings and participating in meetings, and you kind of slowly start to help plan things and you want to be a part of it even more. And so I think what I got out of it is just sharpening my leadership skills at the same time as I was sharpening my public speaking skills. I thought it was just going to be about public speaking. And next thing you know, I, I was on the board. Well, not only were you on the board, but you were also the president. Eventually, I became president. That, and that's a that's a journey in itself. What was that like for you? It was unexpected. When they first asked me to join the board, uh, I was VP of PR. That was a lot of fun. What is, what, what is VP PR? Uh, Vice President of Public Relations. And so your job is to help promote the club and essentially just get people to come come visit the club. And I loved it. I got to understand the dynamics of the board. And I'm someone who has opinions, who shares ideas, but I also work really well in a group. And long story short, um, after a few times uh, as VPPR, they said, why don't you jump in and, and be president? And I felt ready. And I was already at the club, I think, for over a year and a half. And I said yes. And it was great. Oh, good, good. No, it was more than awesome. It was wonderful. And I believe that you did an amazing and outstanding job. Almost like if I did it myself. Oh, <laughs> thank you. That's a big compliment. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So everything boils down to this. Mm -hmm. And what this is, uh, Nick, is I want you to, to provide an example of a speech that mm -hmm. you've done because you are an incredible and amazing thought leader and example and a product of Pride Toastmasters. So I'm actually looking forward to giving that introduction. So we have Nick Gomez, the evidence of love, the evidence of love, Nick Gomez. Thank you for such a wonderful introduction, Dale. And I'm excited to share this speech with everybody. Uh, you know, science teaches us that we do not have to directly observe something in order to know that it exists. We can understand something's existence simply by observing its effects. For example, imagine a bright twinkling star. We observe minute decreases in its brightness and because this happens regularly and predictably, we theorize that something must block a tiny portion of that starlight from our view. We have accurately predicted the existence of planets orbiting stars that are light years away simply because we observe the effects those planets have on the amount of light that we see when they cross in front of that star. My fellow Toastmasters and welcome guests, let's talk about something that we have all felt the effects of. 
something you can't touch, something you can't even see, but whose effects have likely made an impact on your life. Let's talk about love. But before we do, why don't we think about love for a moment? What is something that you love? Who is someone that you love, like really, really love? Who is someone that loves you? When was the last time you felt loved unconditionally? Have you ever experienced love through something that was not human, like a pet, or even just being in nature's presence? We all recognize love differently, but what I want to discuss is that capital L-O-V-E, love, the overwhelming force that is love. Parents always say that it's their children that opens them up to this new level of love, a love so big that it's scary. Hmm. Scary love. You know, they say that the opposite of love is not hate, but it's actually fear. And a core fear that many humans share is a fear of the unknown. We don't do well with things that are unconditional. It's too open-ended. It's too uncontrolled. Conditions help us create boundaries, tidy borders from which we can comfortably manage our experience. This is why a concept like love can often seem to cause us pain because we assign conditions to something that in its truest form has none. The force that is love is endless, timeless, unconditional, eternal. And for our human condition, that can be interpreted as incomprehensible. It's hard to comprehend and connect to that which is eternal when we experience ourselves to be in a temporal state. Our understanding is that everything and everyone, including ourselves, has a limit. Our existence is conditional. Our existence is temporary. So how can we possibly open ourselves up to comprehend the eternal when our most basic story is that things end? In 2011, my father's life came to an end, brain cancer. Diagnosed in January of that year, and he died that December. He was 63 years old. The first half of my experience with his sickness was marked by scary love. It was marked by fear. But at some point, I realized that fear was limiting my experience. I was loving him, but I was afraid. I was afraid that the conditions to his love were about to end, the main condition being the need for his physical presence to be there. And so I struggled. The only thing I knew for sure was that I had to focus on loving him and that somehow that capital L-O-V-E love would show up and do something. My hope was that it would show up and save him, heal him, make things normal again. But what I didn't expect was a love to show up that said, it's okay to say goodbye. Okay to say goodbye to his physical form and the love that I associated with it. My realization was that I had to love him beyond his physical presence and my need for it. What I discovered and learned to cultivate was a love that outlived him. A love that I carry to this day and still continue to still continues to connect me to him. But I had to let go of my previous concept of what love looked like. How I loved my father had to be redefined, redefined without fear. I needed different evidence to observe my love for him and fear was not sufficient. Managing my fear was like trying to manage love. Love cannot be managed. It can only be released like light casting away darkness. So does releasing love cast away fear. 
And so I go back to my thought of unconditional, eternal, timeless love. What if we literally start thinking about love in these terms? What if it is as expansive as forever? What if we override our fears and release a love so big? Hmm. The idea is nice, but it's a little scary. Like the love for our children is scary. Like the death of a loved one is scary. Because if we override that fear, we might discover a love so big that we have to expand ourselves to welcome it. That we have to expand our minds to understand it. It cannot be managed. The only thing you can possibly do is be it. So be love. Like the star that twinkles in the night and points to evidence of a planet that orbits you can be the evidence of love in this world. You can be the thing that demonstrates its effects. Allow others to confirm love's existence by observing it through you without fear. The evidence of love, you are it. Thanks, Dale. Holy mackerel. That was so, so incredible and beyond impressive. You know, it's one of those things, Nick, where it's a true example of leadership as an art form. And you seem to encompass that, you know, with this speech. It's absolutely incredible. I can't imagine why you don't have millions of followers already. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Dale. I think, you know, it is, this is something that we were talking earlier about my journey in Toastmasters, right? I think a speech like this would have been overwhelming to have done in the early days because it, there's this element of vulnerability and and I'm sharing something really personal in the speech. But what you discover in your journey with public speaking is that those are precisely the kinds of things that your audience learns from and that you, you pull in from your audience, right? They want to connect with you when you're speaking. And so if you are fearless and allow yourself to be vulnerable, it actually makes you a better public speaker. Yeah, you have to be authentic. You have to be authentic, exactly. And that's the key thing. And I think you... you you are a true model of that, a great example. And looking thank forward to seeing all the wonderful things that you're going to continue to do. You know, so thank you very much. I really, really love and appreciate that, Nick. Thank you, Dale. Appreciate you. Thank you for sharing your time with us. If you'd like more information about Pride Toastmasters, please visit our website at www.pridetoastmasters.com. That's www.pridetoastmasters.com. Com. We're also available on Instagram, Facebook, as well as LinkedIn. I want to give once again special thanks for Nick for taking the time to really share himself with us in this podcast, which is also my HPL or High Performance Leadership Project. In Toastmasters fashion, we love feedback, amazing constructive feedback. So if you have some feedback for us, please provide them in the comments below. And we look forward to to providing you episode number two.